Hi, my name is Autumn Dixon, and this week is November 29th through December 5th, and it is Doctrine and Covenants section 137 through 138. Now, if you want to receive your Come Follow Me lesson in a different medium, you can check out the description below this video. I'll post information about my podcast as well as my blog. So as the title of this video states, I want to talk a little bit about the Atonement of the Savior and suicide in this particular video. Now, normally when you're talking about suicide, you are addressing one of two audiences. One audience being those who struggle personally with suicidal ideation or the people who love them. This particular video will be addressed towards those who personally suffer with suicidal ideation. And though I will be talking to that audience directly, there are principles here that can be applicable to anybody. So open your heart to the Spirit and the Spirit can teach you something. Now, section 137 and 138, they were written by two different prophets years and years and years and years apart. One was written by Joseph Smith, one was written by Joseph F. Smith. So these sections are about the spirit world, they're visions of the spirit world. And there was a phrase that jumped out at me and I tried writing about it a couple times and I couldn't figure it out until today when I started having a couple of my own struggles. So this is Doctrine and Covenants section 138 and it is verses 11 through 13. And this is Joseph F. Smith. He's talking about what he saw in his vision. He said, As I pondered over these things which are written, the eyes of my understanding were opened, and the Spirit of the Lord rested upon me, and I saw the hosts of the dead, both small and great. And they were gathered together in one place, an innumerable company of the spirits of the just who had been faithful in the testimony of Jesus while they lived in mortality. Verse 13, this is the phrase and who had suffered sacrifice in the similitude of the great sacrifice of the Son of God, and had suffered tribulation in their Redeemer's name. So there were a ton of spirits there in the spirit world who had suffered, who had offered sacrifice in the similitude of the great sacrifice of the Son of God. They offered sacrifices that had characteristics that were like, like the Savior's, right? And when I first read this verse, I was thinking of typical, classic stories of people who typify Christ, like Abraham and Isaac, right? But it talked about how there was an innumerable host of people who had offered these sacrifices that were similar to the Savior's. I think there are so many ways that we can make sacrifices in our lives that are similar to what the Savior experienced. Because of the depth of the atonement and the depth of that sacrifice that he made, it's so all-encompassing that you'd be hard-pressed to find a righteous sacrifice that didn't in some way reflect the sacrifice of our Savior. And for this video, I want to talk about a sacrifice in relation to suicide. But first, I want to talk about two specific characteristics of the atonement that will help us better understand this sacrifice being made by us mortals. <laughs> so the Savior's atonement. 
In John 10, this is characteristic number one, in John 10, the Savior teaches us that he is the only one who can who has the power to lay down his life, to separate his spirit from his body, to escape from his body. He's the only one who can do it. No mortal can take it away from him. He is the only one who can choose to die, basically, to just slip away and die. Now, this was necessary. He needed to be able to hold on to his own life so that he could suffer through the atonement because if he had been like any of us, he literally would have just died. There's no way that we could physically suffer that much without dying. So he needed this ability to lay down his life for us, to be able to choose to lay down his life for us. Second characteristic of the atonement, and this is one we're all very, very familiar with, the Savior experienced what we experience. He experienced what we experience so he would know how to succor us, so he would know how to comfort us. Which means that he knows what it's like to be suicidal. So I want you to think of that little dynamic duo there. He knows what it's like to be suicidal, to know what it's like to feel immense anguish and pain and to want to be able to escape it in any way you know how and to have the power to do that painlessly and easily, to just slip away and die. Despite this dynamic duo, he chose to stay. And he didn't choose to stay for himself because if it had been up to him, he would have chosen to let the cup pass over him he would have chosen to skip out on that kind of pain and anguish. But it was about us. Because of us, he chose to hold on to his own life because there would have been innumerable amounts of us who would have suffered tremendously without that sacrifice that he was making. He chose to hold on to his own life and it was a sacrifice for him because he was under immense anguish. That concept is astounding to me. For someone who has experienced suicidal ideation, it is unreal to me that he chose to stay, right? I don't really know where the suicidal ideation necessarily comes from, um, but the pain is very, very real. And there's not really a way to describe it. <laughs> I'm trying to think of a way to describe it. There's not really a way to describe it. It's like a monster sitting on your shoulder all throughout your day, bugging you the entire time. <laughs> and it's a very terrifying monster. It's scary to look at, but it is right there over your shoulder the whole day. And it would be so easy to want to slip away if you had had that power to do so, like the Savior did. And even though I know that that monster will go away for a period of time and I'll be able to be bright and cheery and happy again, I know that that monster comes back over and over again. And that alone is enough to make me suicidal to not have to face that monster again. And no matter how many times that monster goes away, it comes back. And no matter how many times I work through it, it comes back. I have chosen to stay <laughs> in this life, not because 
of my own desires at different times, right? In those moments when I choose to stay, it's not for myself. Because if it was up to me and it was only about me, it would be much easier to just escape it all. I choose to stay because of those that I love and the suffering that would come to them if I were to be gone. <laughs> Frankly, my husband wouldn't even remember to eat. <laughs> and the trauma that that would give to my children is about as unbearable as the monster. I choose to stay because I love them, just like the Savior chose to stay because he loves us. It is, some may argue with me, but it can be a sacrifice to choose to say. It's a sacrifice to not let yourself escape that kind of pain. And it's okay that it's a sacrifice, right? It's okay that you don't want to experience that kind of pain, that you want to be away from that kind of pain. It's okay that it feels like a sacrifice to stay sitting within that kind of pain. The Savior knows what that's like. He chose to stay and sit with that kind of anguish and pain. He made that sacrifice. And when we choose to stay, it can be a sacrifice that is in the similitude of our Savior. If we were to choose to leave, there would be those that would suffer without us. There are lots of times that my feelings and my thoughts will lie to me and tell me that everyone would be better off if I was gone. And there are times when I almost really, really start to believe that. <laughs> but there are, I testify to you, that there are people who will suffer if you choose to leave, if you don't make that sacrifice to stay. And once again, there may be people who are willing to argue with me that there's nobody there who would care if they were gone. If you are right, and that's a big if, if there is literally no one in the world right now who would care if you were gone, know this, that as you heal and as you step closer to your savior, you have, you gain the capacity to bless the lives of others, to understand what others are going through in the same way that the savior understands what you've gone through. You build that capacity to bless the lives of others. And there will be those sometime in the future who will be suffering and who will need your influence and who will feel the lack of your influence if you have chosen to leave. If you have not made that sacred sacrifice to stay so that you can help them in the future. The sacrifice of staying here and sitting in that anguish is in similitude of the Savior's sacrifice, but he chose to stay and sit in that anguish. However, there's another similarity that I realized as I was going through pondering and, and writing this. So I feel like the mental illness that is often associated with suicidal tendencies can be especially tricky. And it's because you are faced with this constant barrage of unpleasant thoughts and terrible feelings. But on top of that, there is something about mental illness that can cut off your ability to feel the spirit, to consciously, at least consciously feel the spirit. And that can make things very difficult. 
However, there was a point in time when the Savior was sitting in the Garden of Gethsemane and he felt his father withdraw from him. And that was very painful for him. But I would be shocked if the father had really left that far away from him, if he had really left and, and traveled far away from his son. And if he had, if the father had to do that in order for the savior to perform that sacrifice, if heavenly father had to leave, he was very aware of his son. There was nothing, I can't imagine there was anything else occupying Heavenly Father's thoughts as his son sacrificed on behalf of all of us. And there may be times when you feel like heaven has turned its back on you. When Heavenly Father has stepped away from you or when the Savior has chosen, when you feel like the Savior stepped away from you. But I testify that they haven't. Even if you can't consciously feel it, I testify that the Savior is there with you. And there's this mental illness or this trauma or whatever it really is, putting this block around you so that you can't really see or feel him, but I promise you that he's there. And I can promise that because he loves you and because he knows exactly how you feel, because he's been there exactly in your position and he knows how painful it is. And he would never want you to experience that by yourself. Even if you didn't know he was there, he was there because he can't imagine asking you to do that by yourself because he knows how it is. Your sacrifice may not have the influence of the atonement of the Savior, Jesus Christ, but it will have influence. Your sacrifice to stay here can have a positive impact on this world. It will. It will have a positive impact on this world. And there may come very, very dark nights when you can't bake cookies for someone who may need it, let alone even get out of bed, really. But there will also be times when that night and that darkness disperses enough that you can take your experiences and have a positive influence in the same way that our Savior does. I testify to you that he will help you because he knows you and he loves you and adores you in the same way that you would fall on the ground next to somebody that you love who is suffering he is there sitting on the ground next to you i also testify that the sacrifice that you are making to remain in the anguish that you experience in this life will be held sacred to him and that he will take that sacrifice and use it to bless the lives of those you love. There are lots of times when you are in this state of mind that you feel like everyone would definitely be better off without you. But it's not true. And even more than it not being true, the Savior can further bless those that you love because of your sacrifice and the sacrifice that you choose to make to stay here. I know that our Savior loves us. I know that even our trials are a sign of his love because he wants us to be like him, because he wants us to eventually be as happy as he is. To find happiness in the ability to bless the lives of others 
And I say that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.